0: Hello, everybody. This is Joseph P. Farrell with News and Views on Thursday, February 22nd, 2018. I'm sorry about last week. I missed the News and Views. I had company last week, uh, all this week, and um, just didn't have the time to get around to it. But I am back with News and Views today, and what a day it is. Um, if you've been a regular listener over the years following the blog site and uh, so on. You'll recall that years ago I said, watch Italy. All right. And the reason I said watch Italy is that Italy is a pivotal country geopolitically inside the European Union. It is the by some uh, statistical accounts and analyses it's the eighth largest economy in the world in fact if you if you do a comparison italy's economy is as large as russia's all right so so that that should tell you something about the state of the italian economy and the state of the russian economy but as you know there has been a twofold fold crisis going on in Europe. There has been a sovereign debt crisis in the southern European uh, nations that have racked up enormous amounts of debt in terms of a ratio to their gross domestic product, uh, in terms of their social programs, and things like this. Um, and the economies of northern Europe, which have exercise some more restraint in this regard. So there's been a sovereign debt crisis. We saw this, of course, with Greece, uh, the election of Sereponlis, the Greek foreign minister, Vanifakos, about two to three years ago. And of course, we saw a similar crisis. We're going to see a similar crisis emerge in Spain. And we have coupled that with the European immigration crisis, the nutty policy coming out of Brussels to basically commit cultural suicide that has been sweeping Europe. Well, Italy has been caught right in the middle of that policy as well. So there's a double whammy going on in Italy. Now, why am I giving you all this background? It's because on March 4th, Italy is holding its national elections, and these elections are going to be very, very significant. They are going to have an immense impact on the internal domestic politics in Germany, and they're also going to have an immense impact on some internal politics in the larger European Union itself. Now, there's two articles I'm bringing to your attention in today's um, news and views. One is written by Tom Luongo. It's titled Berlusconi, Italie, and How to Checkmate Germany. The second article appears over at Zero Hedge. This is um, also an article by Tom Luongo. It is titled, Merkel is Forming a Coalition with the Wrong Party. And as usual, what I want to do is read certain paragraphs from these articles, draw your attention to them, and I'm going to skip around a bit between the first article and the second one. I'm going to be reading from the first article, then go to the second one, and come back and look at Mr. Luongo's conclusions in the first article because I think he's nailed it. I think he's on to something here as, as to the impact of the Italian elections. I want to thank uh, Mr. Uh, GLR for sending these articles and bringing them to my attention. So here we go. This is datelined January 22nd, uh, about a month ago. And the second article is datelined. Um, yesterday, February 21st, so these two articles appearing about a month apart, but I think they have to be viewed together, so I want to bring these to your attention. (coughs) Here we go with the first article, Uh, and I'm starting at the very beginning. I'm going to kind of skip around here in this article a bit, uh, draw certain things to your attention. Here we go. As the Italian election season heats up, it's clear that Silvio Berlusconi is right where he wants to be, in the spotlight. And because of that, his coalition with the Lega Nord or Northern League, while leading in the polls overall, isn't unified on much more than containing the electoral success of Movimento 5 Stelle. I don't know the Italian word for five. That's the five-star movement, or M5S. As I talked about over the weekend, Lega Nord's candidate Matteo Salvini is moving farther along the populist route, declaring himself a Trump-like change agent while excoriating the EU for its immigration policy. So there's issue number one. On the other hand, Berlusconi is tempering his tone with each passing day. First, it was not leaving the euro, the so-called Ita leave, and more recently, EU rules on budget deficits. Ultimately, that's Berlusconi's job, to sell the EU to an Italian electorate reaching their breaking point. M5S, the most radical of parties, is leading the polls with anywhere from 26 to 30% overall. No other party, including the Democrats, of sitting Prime Minister Paolo Gentolini, comes even close. In fact, the Democrats are looking at support dropping below twenty percent, leaving the Euro, is supposedly only backed by thirty percent of the people. But Brexit was supposed to fail by ten to twelve points, and Hillary had a ninety eight point five percent chance of winning on election day. So in other words, Long was telling it, be very skeptical of the poll numbers in Italy. Now, I think that I I don't know that much about the M5 Stella movement or party. As far as I can tell from what limited knowledge and research I've been able to gather, it's similar in some respects to the alternative für Deutschland party that is challenging the Brussels policy and Berlin's policy on open borders and bringing in all of these immigrants from countries that will not assimilate into European culture and whose own culture ultimately is hostile and contrary to it. So the the same issues, in other words, are boiling in Italy, but you can add to that this looming economic pro- problem. I have talked in the past about the problems, the crises facing the Italian uh, banking community. So let me continue. Salvini, and this again, is the gentleman that is connected to the M5S and the Uh, parties that want to deal with immigration. Salvini is out there stumping that the euro is, quote, a crime against mankind, unquote. Mr. Salvini said, quote, I believe that one single currency for 18 economies, each different in its own way, just won't work in the long term. But statistics is here far more important than anything else. Since the introduction of the current currency, Italy's debt has risen by 900 billion euros. This experiment has failed, and we should not go any further down this road, unquote. Now, I agree with him. I think the euro experiment was a hastily cobbled together phenomenon. I detail this if you're not familiar with it. In my book, The Third Way, how the euro came to be out of a much smaller sort of currency union. And I'm going to get back to that. Just kind of tuck that in the back of your head because I'm going to get back to that in just a moment. So anyway, Salvini, uh, again, says uh, the experiment has failed. We should not go any further down this road, unquote. Now, here is the original author of the article, Tom Luongo, His statement He says, and he's right. The reality is that as of right now, exiting the euro is not a winning political talking point. Everyone is backing away from it, while at the same time, everyone knows it is in Italy's best interest, including Germany. Now let me skip several paragraphs in this very important article and bring your attention to what all of this means. Luongo writes this, quote, this throws the decision back to Brussels to deal with the problem. Because remember one thing, Salvini is right. Italy's debt is 134% of gross domestic product. Most of the Italian banks are dealing with portfolios with non-performing loans, listen to this figure, folks, that top Italy's banking system is in terminal decline. The European Central Bank has been propping up the price of Italian sovereign debt as the only effective buyer for nearly a year now. And who's behind the European Central Bank? Well, guess who? And where's the European Central Bank located? Well, guess where? Um, So in other words, Italy is now piling on the debt onto the European Central Bank. That, in turn, of course, is leaning on the strongest economy in Europe, which is Germany. So, continuing. Something is going to have to happen. And if Salvini and Berlusconi continue at loggerheads over basic issues like retirement, taxes, and spending. So, in other words, the same thing that we've seen in this country plundering the retirement accounts, plundering the pensions, this has also now become an issue in Italy. Then the market is not going to look upon that kindly and will continue selling Italian debt. Let's not forget that the European Central Bank will be forced by the Fed to end its bond-buying program and allow rates to rise. So when, not if, Italy's debt situation becomes untenable and another crisis breaks out, Salvini would be in a very good negotiating position. Why? Because of the old adage that when you owe the bank $1,000, it's your problem, but when you owe the bank $2 trillion, it's the bank's problem. Okay. Now I'm skipping ahead here. Just to a couple of final little sections, I'm going to skip reading Longo's conclusions until after we look at the article that he wrote about Angela Merkel. All right, so this is the way he reads the situation given all of this politics, given these policies that have been so disastrous for Italy. He says this puts the decision on the Troika, the European Central Bank. International Monetary Fund and the European Commission to bail them out, that is to say the Italian banks, directly or kick Italy out of the euro, which again, Salvini says that would be the best thing that could ever happen to Italy. And that's smart politics. Make Brussels the bad guy. And Salvini is already playing that tune perfectly. Skipping now a couple paragraphs, Merkel talks a tough game on this, but ultimately it is about EU integration over everything else. Her former foreign minister, Schäuble was as well. And Varoufakis, the Greek foreign minister that I referred to earlier, knew that he had them dead to rights in 2015, but Sirpas folded a winning hand. Schäuble was the one who threatened Euro expulsion on the Greeks, which both he and Sirpas knew was unpopular. It's why Sirpas folded. Now, st- stop and ask yourself this. Why was it in popul- unpopular in Greece? Well, if you can run a government running a bunch of costly social programs way beyond the size of your national economy and do so relying on the wider EU economy to come in and bail you out, well, who does that fall ultimately on? It falls on the larger economies in Europe, and ultimately on the largest one in Europe, and that's Germany, all right? So in other words, all of these things are producing tensions, economic tensions in the European Union, And ultimately, they fall on Germany, and the Germans are getting sick of having to bail everybody out, okay? Now, as I said, I'm going to skip, for the moment, the final few paragraphs in that article. I'm going to come back to them. But I now want to go to the second article that this individual authored. It's up at zero zero hedge, and it was authored just yesterday, yesterday. And the article is titled, Merkel is forming a coalition with the wrong party. All right. I'm going to skip about halfway through this article and read you some paragraphs toward the end of this article. Because I think, again, he's reading this situation correctly. He's looking at the pressures now that could result from the Italian election on Germany and on Merkel's very, very weak coalition government. Here we go. He says, quote, if that fails, in other words, if she fails to form a coalition because the Social Democratic Party rank and file vote against the coalition agreement, then don't expect the 30 to 32 percent support for the union party to hold. Other polls have shown that more than two-thirds of Germans, listen to that again. Other polls have shown that more than two-thirds of Germans want Mrs. Merkel to step aside as the Chancellor. Bandoff's argument is that the Germans won't get what they want in a new election because the polls indicate similar results to what we're currently seeing. In other words, what that's saying is is if Merkel is forced to hold elections again, according to Bandoff, the election results would be more or less the same as they were in last September's German federal elections. Now here's Mr. Longo's statement. He says, I disagree because I don't feel like the powers behind the scenes in Europe will allow Merkel to step aside. So, in other words, regardless of what the election victory is, this vast globalist bureaucracy and technocratic bureaucracy in Brussels simply won't allow her to leave office. So, in other words, that should tell you something right there, folks, how bad it really is. These people. When they don't like election results simply want to ignore them much like in this country in a very different way they will continue to apply false choices to German voters in the hopes that they can create an acceptable outcome in other words we'll hold votes as long as you want until we get the result we want (laughs) okay this was the strategy in 2017 using the already hated Schultz, that's the leader of the Social Democrats in Germany, as Merkel's stalking horse and helping her cross the finish line with just enough support to continue as chancellor. It nearly worked. The problem was that the Alternative for Deutschland and the other minor parties took the SPD's losses, not the Union. And that trend is still in place today. So the more likely outcome is that support for Alternative for Deutschland will surge a minimum of three to four points, if not more, as the union, that's the Christian Democratic Union, collapses. This will be a minimum. If Merkel doesn't step aside, the shift will be bigger, with the AFD, the Alternative for Deutschland, moving solidly above the 20% mark, taking points from the union so what's his conclusion he says quote we're headed for an iceberg in italy's elections which have tremendous bearing on the german political dynamic germans do not want to bail out italy or anyone else and given the size of italy's economy i personally doubt that germany could bail italy out even if it had help from France. In other words, this is a big, looming crisis. You've got the two biggest economies in Europe, one of which is tired of bailing everybody out. Italy is in very, very dire shape. So let's continue. A result in Italy in two weeks could easily bring a coalition to power hell-bent on confrontation with Germany over Italy's debt situation which is unsustainable, as I said a month ago, unless there is the political will to consolidate all of Europe's debt under one roof, and again, if you were in Germany, would you want to do that with less responsible Greece or less responsible Italy? Answer, no. (laughs) Okay, same thing if you're in France. So unless there's a political will to consolidate all of Europe's debt under one roof, this problem lands squarely at the feet of the European Central Bank. Here it comes, the Bundesbank and the farce that is German politics, all right? This puts the decision on the Troika, the European Central Bank, the International Monetary Fund, and the European Commission to bail them out directly or kick kick Italy out of the euro. And that's smart politics. Make Brussels the bad guy. and Of course, we just heard him say that in the first article. So now I want to go back to that first article and read you the conclusions that Mr. Longo gave a month ago about the Italian elections and what might happen in terms of an Italian coalition government and what the impact of that is going to be on German politics and the European Union. And these paragraphs occur right at the end of that first article. If you want to leap to it uh, in the link, you can go to the link and then just go to these paragraphs. He says, quote, If Germany tries to strong-arm Italy the same way that they strong-armed the Greeks, I don't see it going the same way, and I'm in full four-square agreement with him. Greece is one thing. Italy, quite another. Ultimately, despite Berlusconi's wrangling, a plurality of Italians are backing fundamentally Eurosceptic parties. Let me reread that. A plurality of Italians are backing fundamentally Eurosceptic parties. If Salvini, Matteo Salvini, who is the biggest Eurosceptic, If he is the real deal, he will use his alliance with Berlusconi to raise the Lega Nord's profile. That's the kind of Italian version of AFD. he use it to raise Lega Nord's profile to 20%. Then build a coalition with the M5S after all the votes are tallied, freezing out any chance of hijacking the process. So in other words, what he's saying is you might see a coalition government in Italy with a much stronger Euroskeptic presence in the government itself than you see in Angela Merkel's Deutschland. Okay? In other words, in Germany the AFD, in spite of its showing in the elections, has been locked out of any coalition. In Italy, he's saying expect a coalition of some sort to include those Euroskeptic parties to some degree, all right? Let me continue. This is is the clincher. In the end, it won't be hard for whoever's in power to make the argument in the face of a major banking and sovereign debt crisis. Framing Germany as the bad guy will be easy. And at that point, the EU dives headfirst into its first real challenge to its authority. Unquote. Now, what's my take on all of this? Well, number one, these financial crises, the, the attempt to create a uniform European economic currency, economy, and so on, out of the old common market, and more particularly, out of the old exchange rate mechanism, has failed. So let me go back to that exchange rate mechanism for a moment. That was a mechanism where the currencies of Denmark, Austria, um, the Netherlands were coupled to the German Deutschmark, and they were allowed to fluctuate against the Deutschmark within certain values. Once they stepped outside those values, the German Bundesbank would step in and stabilize <coughs> pardon me, stabilize. The currency fluctuation. So in other words, it was kind of a small version of the idea of the U.S. dollar as a reserve currency allowing to free float against other currencies. You had a kind of a version of that with this exchange rate mechanism, and it worked because those central European economies and governments and cultures had more or less the same approach to domestic finance to domestic policy, and so on, it was when France began to experience some financial difficulties in the '90s and entered that exchange rate mechanism that you saw the creation of the of the euro as a currency for all of Europe, with as Longo has pointed out here, and as Salvini pointed out a a conglomeration of economies that are very very different so if the eu is going to survive i would i would suggest that you know and this is probably only going to be a stopgap measure and it probably won't work in the long run that they're going to have to go back to something like the exchange rate mechanism and create regions within the eurozone where you have different currencies and exchange rate mechanisms coupled to a base currency like the Deutschmark or the franc or the lira. The problem there is that, if you recall, the Deutschmark was about the only stable currency in Europe. The French franc and the Italian lira, you know, they were all over the place. So that's a problem. Number two, if they go that route, then the other thing that's going to happen is they will have to, adopt regional European defense policies. There's this big push right now to create a year, common European military. Uh, this push is being uh pushed by Germany and France, although as expected, they have differing views as to what to do. So you might expect if they're going to save this project at all, some regional defense arrangements rather than a combined European-wide military. Now the problem here in all of this is, of course, this idea that free trade requires complete homogenous domestic uh, policy consent, a a domestic policy homogenization for all of Europe. And it is precisely here that the EU is not working. All right. Uh, You see this rebellion taking place in Eastern Europe, in Hungary, in Poland, and so on, against the policy, the immigration policy, coming out of Brussels. And they're simply saying no. So the only other solution for the global baloney crowd and the technocrats in Brussels is to actually start listening to these people and incorporate their ideas in their policies. And that ain't going to happen, folks. So this is a very significant election. My prediction is, regardless of the short-term outcome of this election in Italy, the stage is now being set for the dissolution of the European Union as currently constructed, and they're going to have to go back to the drawing board, perhaps all the way back to the common market, and then press their way forward from there if they're going to go through. I'd be all in favor of going back to the common market. That seemed to work. Everybody was had uh, a free trade zone. But yet everybody was able to preserve their national economy, their national sovereignty, their national defense strategy, and so on and so forth. Uh, and that worked. This European nightmare, this European technocratic global globalonist union is a nightmare. Those proposals that I've presented are stopgaps. I don't think in the long run they will work. I think you might hear them being tried. But... Um, Italy, I think, is going to be the, the turning point here uh, because I just don't see the European structure surviving. You can even expect, I think, at some point, an Italy leave from Europe, from the European Union, perhaps Italy seeking to become the centerpiece of a southern sort of uh, exchange rate mechanism or, or little European Union. I don't know. But I don't think the Italian elections, so long as Brussels continues its immigration problem and that Berlin is pressing its austerity economic policies on the rest of Europe, I don't see things continuing as they are. So two very important articles um, that I wanted to bring to your attention this week. Now, uh, we do have a members' vid chat tomorrow. This will be the uh, African-European members' time zone vid chat. That'll be at 2 p.m. U.S. Central Time. As always, I'll probably be in there a couple of hours early for a little pre-chat, free discussion, and so on. So I hope to see everybody there. Anyway, that's it for today's news and views, folks. It's going to get to be an interesting year for sure. I'll see everybody on the flip side, and God bless.